What what sort of improv game you like? It's been so long. Uh, my favorite improv game is called It's Been So Long where someone talks about something in the past and then the other person forlornly says, It's Been So Long. World War Two. It's been so long. Pogs. Oh, it's been so long. Wood. Not in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's John. And together we're Henry and John back on the airwaves of the radio. Indeed. And so that bit is over. Cease the bit. Welcome to the second episode of 2018 and the year of our snake goddess lord. 2018. That's what they're calling it because everyone's hating on everybody. Can't stop the hate train. I tried, you know, I actually tried. I said, hey, why don't you slow down? And they ran right over me with their hate. The hate train has no brakes. Remember when people used to say haterade? Remember when people used to say hater and mean it? Remember when hater and haterade was... I'm glad we've matured past that into a world of weird Ugandan knuckles memes. I think at some point... What? Do you know the way? What? You you haven't experienced this this hit new meme? I have not. I I don't spend a lot of time in the memeosphere. Good because it's shit. Oh, so hold up. The here's my favorite way to experience memes. Are you ready to hear how my favorite way to experience it is? How with no visuals, no with visuals. someone who has <laughs> at best a tenuous grasp of said meme explaining it to me. So please, all right. So Ugandan the, knuckles, the U- Ugandan knuckles. Here's meme. something I just got to tell you real quick. If you are unprepared for it and you hear the word combination Ugandan knuckles, it does not sound like words. It doesn't. It doesn't sound. You don't expect those words together. All right. I'm actually an expert on this particular meme because I saw it not live but recorded later. Okay. So there's a there's this new phenomenon called virtual reality. Oh, VR. And there's a there's a new program on VR called VR Chat. Oh, I've seen videos of this. You've seen videos of it. So you you know that every player or chatter can assume a virtual avatar in which they can appear like Mario or Bowser or Master Chief. Or a two-foot-high squashed version of Knuckles the Echidna from Sonic the Hedgehog. Great. And uh, you get a gang of these <laughs> these, okay. these miniature uh, Knuckles the Echidna from Sonic the Hedgehog. You give them to a bunch of Ugandan people, and they just go crazy. And they, <laughs> just, they keep asking people, do you know the way? That's amazing. And, and then other people say, he does not know the way. Spit at him. <laughs> and then they spit. What? They make spitting noises. That is great. And Hold on. Uh, what's up? Hold on. This is one of the few memes that I would like to classify as genuinely good. Really? This sounds amazing. <laughs> this, because it's, been, it's already been mass marketed to hell. Oh, has it? Yeah, I mean, there, you look on iPhone... 
You look at the iPhone app store. Hey, you look on iPhone. He does not know the way. Patu, Patu, am I getting it? You look at the iPhone app store, there's already like 5 to 25 apps about not knowing the way. All of them having little cartoon Ugandan knuckles, or should I say miniature knuckles, as the icon. It's just, we are getting so good. We are weaponizing the the merchandising of these memes. Popularity is a hell. Uh, The world is hell. Okay, so... The conclusion of that opening segment is that the world is hell, this is zero credits, and we're going to get into our focused, laser focus. Remember when we used to say laser focused? Laser LF. Laser focused laser content. Focused. Thanks, uh, Uganda Knuckles. <laughs> Memes? Culture is dead. Uh, culture is a very strange place. Uh, it's not dead, but it's certainly on life support. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna skip one of my segments and go right into why I think culture is dead. Okay. Uh, you might remember a hit feature film. I want to say 2015 called Nomeo and Juliet. I don't remember it. You know why you don't remember it? Why? Because it's shit. Okay. Good. And it was just gnomes playing out Romeo and Juliet, and there were other little gnome-tastic puns in there. One of which. Was Sherlock Gnomes. Wait, so Sherlock Holmes was in Romeo and Juliet? Yeah, why not? Yeah, that sounds great. And so the the the, the brilliant minds behind Romeo and Juliet saw the potential in this Sherlock Gnomes spin-off character, and they made a feature film about him that is premiering this year, March 23rd. Oh. Get ready for this. Hellscape. Uh, so do we have a cast together? What's it looking like? Playing the voice of Sherlock Gnomes, because yeah. that is his name, is Johnny Depp. Oh, great. Great. Johnny Depp continued to make not only great career choices, but great life choices. Reprising his role as the t- titular gnome from Nomeo and Juliet. Can I guess? Yes. Daniel Day-Lewis. I wish. I want to see that, but that's he's retired after uh, Phantom, Phantom Thread. Okay, fair. Uh, it's it, reprising his role is James McAvoy. Really? Yes, James McAvoy of Split, of Split fame, of Split fame. You know, he's got that Split money. He's just picking and choosing his titles at this point. This must be his, his like his pet project. He was also in the second best X Men movie. Yes, yeah, Split. Yes, the second best. He's really an X Man. That that was the reveal. It was remember. Yeah, what, at the end, it was in that diner, and then it zooms out, and then as the camera turns around, it passes over the face of a stern Wolverine, and Wolverine looks dead into the camera and goes. Yeah, what, and also one of his personalities was a bald man in a wheelchair who had telekinetic powers. Telekinetic powers. And reprising her role as the titular Juliet, not Gnomulet or anything like that, is Emily Blunt. Because, you know, her career's sad. That's sad. <laughs> that's very sad. Yep. So that's my thesis. I, I do have uh, a, a little synopsis for you if you want me to read that. You mean a synopsis? A synopsis. 
for Sherlock Gnomes, and uh, you want me to read it? Is there is it just called Sherlock Gnomes? Is there a subtitle? Uh, nope. It just says Sherlock Gnomes. Not me... like Sherlock Holmes and a study in gnomelet. No, Sherlock Gnomes. Uh, maybe the subtitle is coming soon. Oh no, that's very grim. You want to? You want to hear? You want to hear? You see, you're looking at it. You want to hear the tagline? I don't want to now, but I feel like we have to let people uh, know what's happening. The, the the tagline for this March 23rd release is Gnome for the Holidays. March, though, right? Right. Yeah, March. When the holidays happen. When the holidays happen and March, you know all those March holidays, like March Arbor Day? Yeah, like March Arbor Day. Uh, I think that in the in the span of all movies that have taglines, of which there are two, this is clearly the worst. The best, of course, is uh, Yogi Bear 3D, the tagline of which is, Good things come in bears. <laughs> That's actually a better... <laughs> it's significantly better. A better For tagline. many reasons. Oh, you made me sad a little bit because you reminded me of one of my favorite bits that T.J. Miller used to do. But we'll move on. You want me to... The synopsis for Sherlock Gnomes. I'm about to read it. Is, are we doing this? Yeah, feel free. I want I want encouragement and support from you, my partner. Please. All right. First introduced in the film Gnomeal and Juliet, the adorable title characters and their garden ornament friends have a new adventure featuring the legendary Sherlock Gnomes. In the heart of London, gnomes are disappearing from the gardens. Gnomeo, James McAvoy, and Juliet, Emily Blunt, join forces with the great Sherlock Gnomes, Johnny Depp, and Watson, no actor, to discover what is behind this mystery. Okay, I, I like that synopsis, but I feel like I could probably give it a slight punch-up. I feel like they're really missing the ball, like if they're, if they're really trying to... Uh... If they're trying to hit, like, certain high points with the whole, like, gnome humor thing... Okay. I feel like they really could have done a better job. Now, I don't know. I'm no copy editor. But I feel like it's it's pretty important to just do, like, a punch-up. Alright, let's hear your punch-up real quick. Okay, so we all know what gnomes love. And I feel like moving away from simple, like, gnome this, gnome that puns, or gnome rhymes, better. So we all know what gnomes love. So we can just get started. Spiders. First introduced in the film Nomeo and Juliet, the adorable title characters and their garbage friends have a new adventure featuring garbage Sherlock gnomes. In the heart of garbage, gnomes are disappearing from the garbage. Nomeo, James Garbage, and Juliet, Garbage Garbage, join garbage with the great Sherlock Garbage, Garbage Garbage, Johnny Depp, and Garbage to discover what is garbage, the garbage. Well, I, I feel like that punch-up was a little, a tiny bit one note. I'm maybe on a third pass. Let me take a crack at the third pass. Okay, but just remember what gnomes love. I, I, I will. Alright, here we go. Garbage, 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 garbage. Gar- I think you see where I'm going. Okay, yeah. But uh, is, do we still credit James McAvoy? Now? Of course, James Garbage. Yes, perfect. Nailed it. Nailed it. Alright, I feel like now we can... Send this off to DreamWorks? I, who, who cares? Surely not DreamWorks. Even, I would expect that DreamWorks would say no to such a project. Maybe I'm wrong. You would think, but 
I mean, based on this still of the movie that I'm pulling up, I I think everyone will have fun. It's it's a picture of a gnome and a g-string. Yeah, it's like a it's like that Borat swimsuit that was popular like two hundred goddamn years ago. And they're actual statues. Like, let's not. They're modeled like statues. Maybe maybe it's for the artwork. Maybe people go to see it for the animation and the artwork. But nonetheless, thesis statement and conclusion, culture is dead. All right. Uh, believe it or not, I don't know if I agree with you on the culture is dead thing. We'll have to see. Uh, but I actually have something to talk about that relates pretty closely to what we were just discussing. What, garbage? One might say... The opposite of garbage. So, like, polished garbage? What is garbage? The opposite... Hold on. What is the opposite of garbage? No, that's not exactly what I mean to say. Listen. Where we ended on that is culture is dead. Number one. With a bullet. Uh, Number two. Something that people uh, might watch for the animation quality, despite its uh, horribly depressing realities. What are you talking about, like... Anomalisa? Uh, <laughs> Anomalisa. I was not a fan of that movie. I, I, we're the only two people who get the reference. We're the only two people who have seen it. I haven't seen it. What? I haven't seen it. Oh boy. I just, I have heard of it extensively. You absolutely can see it anyway. So, based on those two, uh, suppositions, I'd like to talk about something that I watched, uh, recently. Which is Devilman Crybaby. You know, I saw that on Netflix the other day, and I was like, oh, that's what he was talking about. Exactly. Uh, So I'd like to talk about this outside of the bounds of a what did you watch. All right. Because I feel like it might be a larger conversation. I'm not sure. Well, let run us through, I guess, just introduce us to Devilman Crybaby. Uh, Devilman Crybaby is a show about a high schooler named Akira Fudo who is overtaken by a demon uh, at the manipulation of his friend, and he fights other demons as a devil man. Did you say his first name was Akira? Yeah, Akira Fudo. Isn't... You can't just name another character Akira. I mean, Akira is a relatively common name. Is it? It is. It's that whole movie. Yeah, and we have a movie called John Wick. What? Sometimes you name things things that are other names of things. John Wick's something else? No, I mean, like, there could be someone named John Wick, and people aren't going to be like, well, people would be like, that's crazy, because Wick's not a super common last name. All right, so his friend tricks him into becoming a demon, and he fights other demons. I assume he cries. Uh, So it's called Devilman Crybaby because the main character has an empathetic trait where he cries on other people's behalf, and he's considered to be a crybaby. So the juxtaposition from the outset is he's overtaken by a a demon and he's a crybaby. So a sensitive person gets overtaken by a demon. So it allows him to become like a mixture of demon and human. Demon with a human heart. A devil man, if you will. Oh, sorry. I fell asleep. A devil man, if you will. All right. So... Because he's so empathetic, he can keep his humanity while the demon is in him, or... Yeah, but fuck that, that's not important. That's absolutely not important. What's important about this, John? Uh, Here's what's important, and I want to tell everyone this off the bat. We have a tendency, uh, speaking of culture being garbage, we have a tendency in 
recommendations for popular culture for people to consume to kind of prescribe panaceas to people for current societal or political ills. So, like, this issue is big in the in society right now, and you know what tackles that really well? This TV series or something like that. Or, or even a, a branch of that, which is to say that a lot of people are saying, you know, if you're down about the thing that's happening, if you're depressed, if you're kind of in a low place, then watch this, it'll make you feel better. Watch this, it'll make you feel better about this one particular subject. Okay. Uh, basically, we're self-medicating with popular culture. Alright, so like, just like how Breaking Bad makes you feel better about the healthcare system, I, I guess. <laughs> what does Devil Man make you feel better about well let's step back for a second that's what we do as a society right now oh so and you're saying we understand that people are depressed and we try to give them things to maybe help that i can tell you from the top unequivocally if you are depressed about the current situation in the world politically socially culturally devil man crybaby is absolutely not what you should watch it is the opposite of what you should watch what's the opposite of a panacea poison so it's a poison. Devilman Crybaby is emotional poison. How so? Because, uh, without spoiling anything, I can tell you that the message that Devilman Crybaby has for you is delivered exceptionally well. Its story is delivered very poorly. The story is crazy and weird. But it's all based on a comic from the 70s uh, by Go Nagai. Go Nagai made Devilman essentially which ran for half of its run, being a relatively normal uh, shonen boys comic. You know, like kind of coming of age, guy discovers his powers, develops his powers, ends up being the savior of mankind kind of schnick. Yeah, about halfway it got to that point. Okay. Uh, and then there is, uh, it is widely assumed around the halfway point uh, that Gonagai entered into a deep depression. Oh no. Gonagai was also born in 1945. That's a bad year to be born. And he experienced firsthand uh, what a society that's been decimated by war can do. Uh, So, there's really horrible, horrible, and I can't stress this enough, horrible stuff that happens in this comic. Like, to the characters? Oh, absolutely to the characters. And it is communicated uh, by a... Uh, animator whose last name is Yuasa, I believe. He also did Mind Game. Mind Game? He did Mind Game, and I think it was there was one called Ping Pong, I'm not sure. We covered Mind Game on the podcast, like, years ago. Yeah, Mind Game's one of my favorites, uh, and he did this. And Devilman is... Maybe it's because it's from a different social lens. Yeah. Maybe it's because it's from a different country. That it it so poorly aligns with the desires that we as Americans have. But Devilman Crybaby is the most depressing thing I have watched in years. 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 I have a high tolerance for depressing shit. And Devilman Crybaby is fundamentally one of the most nihilistic depressing things I've ever seen. A tragedy in the truest sense of the word. You're just selling me on this because you know what we don't see often in the media? True depictions of like what depression can do to the creative process. I think that Devilman as a work, the original comic, is a great look into that. And I think that this is 
a phenomenal adaptation, and it might be a masterpiece in how well it communicates what it wants to communicate, because it has a message, and it, it says it well, it communicates it well, it is absolutely not a message you want to hear. And it, it, it makes a point of that. Is the point... That it's better to just shoot yourself. Uh, the message of Devilman Crybaby, as best as I can put together, because it is an ideologically and philosophically pretty complicated show. The point of Devilman Crybaby seems to be not only does nothing matter, uh, but also nothing is good. <laughs> Nothing is good. It's there is no good. There I can't I can't tell you without spoiling it. The right. show absolutely goes places. I can't stop thinking about it. It's You ever watch Evangelion? I have heard it in the background of late night gaming sessions. Okay, never mind. I know it ends with everyone saying that he did a good job. If if you had seen End of Evangelion, which is the the end cap to the series Evangelion. Yeah, that's where everybody says good job. It's uh a lot of Evangelion was inspired by the work of Go Nagai. Oh, okay. Specifically Devilman, specifically how extremely depressing it oh, is. Oh, because Shinji is a crybaby. Exactly. There I mean the the character of Akira is seen as kind of a prototype for this very empathetic but very powerful anime and manga character protagonist. He was kind of the first one, I think. Aren't they just wimps that just need to get in the robot and just fight the thing? Who knows? Maybe what? watch Devilman Crybaby. Why do they all tell him he did a good job? I can't tell you. It would spoil it. And I think Evangelion is very good. Do I watch the original series or the remake OVA? Never watched. Well, I don't know. That's a tough question. I'll look into it and get back to you. Alright, good job. Oh my god. Good job. Devilman Crybaby is... So you heard it here first, folks. Don't watch Devil May Cry Baby if you're suffering or experiencing depression. I don't, I don't like to think of myself as suffering from it. I think I just live with it every day. Uh, also, just to be clear, in addition to... I don't know if I've scared you off of watching it. still think it's kind of a masterpiece. But it's uh, very triggering for a million different reasons. Oh, because... Very little is sacred in this show. Very racist. Uh, you know, there's no racism, I don't think. Oh. Well, there absolutely is, but it's not actual racism. It's a racism allegory. Against devils. Exactly. Well, yeah. Uh, but in addition to that, uh, it is, uh, really gross about its depictions of the female and male form. Not in equal parts, but it, it definitely is gross, and it feels exploitative even though they're animated people just boy either you watch it or you don't but you've been warned that's most things i can't stop thinking about the last episode of this show in a good way or like in a way that's haunting you somewhat like an ex-girlfriend ghost second one every time i think about the last episode of this show it makes my day worse wow yeah and, and is there a second season coming, or is that the end of the entire series? Uh, well, it follows until the end of the comic. So that's the end so of So if the... there's a second series, I'd be real surprised. So so you could get it all in one go. Ten episodes long, they're all about 20 minutes apiece. 
How does that cover the entire comic run? Uh, because there were huge swaths. Here's how it does it. There were huge swaths of the comic that were unimportant Monster of the Week fights. Cut those out. And then also take a lot of the plot points and a lot of the information. Just cut it out of the show. Don't explain it. Uh, make some really narratively awful weird decisions. Don't communicate how much time has passed. And uh, just do kind of an awful job of telling a story. So from a craft perspective... Oh, from a craft perspective, how it tells this story, poor. How it communicates what it's about, extremely well. So the message might be more important than the actual story. Yeah, if you care about the characters, if you care about the arc of Akira Fudo, and you care about the arc of, like, uh, any other character... Uh, it's whatever. They do a bad job of handling that. Much like the ending of the hit television series Lost. Exactly. Wait, that... It actually ends in exactly the same way Lost did. That's the exact opposite, because we got all the character endings. What we didn't get was what the point was. Oh yeah, you get some character endings for sure in Devilman Crybaby. Because everybody dies. What's up? It's a trip. What's up? Everybody's dead. No recommendation. Either watch it or you don't. <laughs> Devil May Cry Baby. Devil Man Cry Baby. I don't. Dante. Nope. Devil Man Cry Baby on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, what are you waiting for? Either watch it or don't. <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to tell people not to watch it, and I don't want to tell people to watch it. Well, it seems like. It seems like watch it or don't is like shit or get off the pot. So I think we're going to convince more people to watch it than don't. Just choose what part of society you want to be part of. The part that's seen it or the part that hasn't. Because a war is coming. <laughs> I feel like the people who have seen it will be vastly outnumbered. Uh, probably. We will die in the war. I haven't watched it. Yeah, because you'll kill me. What? How would I die because you'll kill me? Because you haven't seen it yet, so you're going to be on the other side of the war. How does that make me die? Oh, I didn't say you were going to die. You I said, said I'm going to die. You said we. Let's yeah. pull that tape back. Okay, well, here's the thing. In war, there are casualties. There's no guarantee whether you'll die or not, but probably. Me? Yeah. How would I die? Well, I mean, all the fit people have seen Devil May Cry Baby already, so... It's going to be the fit versus the unfit? They'll, it'll take a fight to bring us down. We'll die, but we'll take you with us. Is that the message of Devil May Cry Baby 2? Yes. The message of Devil May Cry Baby 2 is be fit. With young Dante? And die. Be fit and die. Watch it or don't. Be fit and die. I think I feel like you wrapped up. I like that all of the segments today are ending with nice pithy sayings. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck that show. That's not a nice pithy saying. Shit. Edit it out. No. Everything will be preserved... For posterity. Yeah. I'm starting to think about Devilman Crybaby more, so move on to a different segment. Alright. I feel like we need to slow down a little bit. We've been very, I don't know if the listener has noticed, talking very fast with not a lot of gaps in the conversation. Yeah. I. If you want, I can retake the whole Devilman Crybaby. Here we go. Devilman Crybaby. We don't have to. It's a show. We don't need to retake You shouldn't watch. We don't need to retake it. Okay, fine. Were you going to stop there? Yeah. Oh, okay. That was my retake. You want to do that clean? No. Okay. Well, I've got a new segment for us. One that might actually get a title. Ooh, a new segment. Yeah, it's called, What You Doing, Disney? <laughs> uh, 
so you want like a like a theme song? Yes. Okay, so lay me down a beat and I'll give you a I'll give you a, a theme song. What you doing, Dizzy? That was just the battle toads. Pause music. I do it slower. Alright, so you know Disney. Uh-huh. You've heard of Disney. They're they're a company, a media company, one might say a media conglomerate mm-hmm. at this point, because they have their little Disney tentacles and a bunch of Disney pots. A real Ursula, if you will. A real Ursula. They've got Disney, of course. Then of course they've they've bought Marvel. They're the people who make Star Wars, right? They bought LucasArts, or whatever that studio is called. Lucasfilm. So, Lucasfilm. LucasArts must be the, the video game I think company. so. So Lucasfilm, and they've acquired certain properties from Fox, including like X-Men, all the superhero business, um, pretty much all the media, all of the entertainment media assets of Fox other than the news. Nice. Good. They don't need that. Uh, yeah, Rupert Murdoch held on to his news uh, empire. Is that? I don't know, Wouldn't cares? it be great if they bought it and then just like tanked it? That would be awesome. They wouldn't because it's like a money making machine. But so keep that in mind. They own all of those properties, which means they own a lot of the big blockbusters that come out during the year. Probably, if they bought Fox News, it would just be like regular Fox News, but with like white nationalist Elsa. So anyway, <laughs> looking at the the segment is called "What You Doing, Disney." It's, they're not doing that. Not what could you be doing, Disney? Exactly. What What did you do, Disney? What you doing, Disney? Is about looking at some of the marketing choices and just sort of questioning why they're doing that. So, for instance, I don't know if you know this because not a lot of people know this, but movies they're scheduled to come out in advance. Oh. So, movies don't come by surprise. They don't... It's not just, hey, we're going to release this movie this weekend or whatever. They plan for years and months when movies are going to come out. You know, it used to be you could go down to the picture show and there'd be a brand new soundless grayscale three-second film of a horse running that you had no idea about. There used to be an element of surprise in the theater. Well, that's all gone because I think Marvel's announced movies through 2025 and DC's like 2030. Like, we know what where, where every movie's going to fall in the timeline that is our lives. There's no romance anymore. There's no romance. And I just want you to listen... No, no, no. Don't look confused yet. I just want you to listen to the month of May, 2018's release schedule of movies. Okay, so May, uh, historically a big month for movies. Historically, yes. And keep in mind that Disney owns a bunch of a bunch of things. Okay, so this is what's coming out in May from the Disney Mon- Corporation. Well, no, I, yeah. All right. So May 4th. Uh, uh, Star Wars Day. Exactly. May 4th, when it's coming out, is Avengers Affinity War. Oh! The culmination of all those Marvel movies, or the first part of the culmination of all those Marvel movies, comes out May 4th. What? And then May 11th, okay, nothing big. May 18th, Deadpool 2. Okay. 
So eighteenth, May the eighteenth be with you. The next installment of the Deadpool series that now Disney owns. So you have people spending trillions of dollars on Infinity War, then trillions of dollars on Deadpool. At May, least you'll weed out the babies. May twenty fifth. So that's two no, one weekend hence. One yeah, one week later, solo a Star Wars story. Hold on. So couldn't they just transpose two of those dates? That that's part two of what do you do with Disney? Okay, but part one, all of those are within three weeks of each other, uh-huh. all owned by the same company. They're fighting themselves. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if Infinity War was like tanked in its second weekend by Deadpool? That would be funny. That would be hilarious. But also, yes, couldn't Solo a Star Wars story switch with Infinity War? So that it could come out on May the 4th. Like, what are you doing, Disney? Yeah, because, I mean, when Avenity War comes out, it's going to be the one that takes tickets. Man, this is ridiculous. Are these all different studios? What's happening? Okay, so if you want the real story, if we want to take a step back and actually logic our way through this, these movies were coming out at these times. Actually, the only ones that don't make sense are Avengers Infinity War... And Solo, A Star Wars Story, the acquisition of Disney of Fox by Disney. Deadpool 2 was going to come out this time regardless, but they switched hands before mm-hmm. it could come out. So that's, that's the only one that's sort of like, okay, you've got a point. The other two don't make sense. Why would you do two big movies in the same month unless you're thinking Solo, A Star Wars Story, which coming out in like four months, we haven't seen a trailer for it. If you're thinking it's going to tank, you're hoping maybe if, if Avengers Infinity War could mask over it. Yeah, if you put out two other huge movies, maybe they can like cover up the corpse of, of Solo. Man, it's going to be a, a big month of spending on movies for me, except I don't care about two of those. Yeah, I, I mean, wait, you don't care about two of them? Yeah. Which one? You care about Deadpool 2 and nothing else? Pretty much. It's the culmination. Oh, yeah, it's the cul- Man, Infinity Gauntlet. Who the fuck cares? Uh, have you seen Josh Brolin? Is he what, Cable? Uh, well, actually, yes. But he's <laughs> also Thanos. Oh, great. So we have Josh Brolin as Thanos and Josh Brolin as Cable. In the same month. Man. What it's a- the month of Brolin. What about when, uh, when there's a Deadpool movie with Cable and Thanos in it? That's gonna be... It's going to be good. I want an after-credits scene where Cable and Thanos have a protracted conversation over dinner. I want them to high-five. Man. They won't, that won't happen, though. Man, but... I so hardcore don't care about that Avengers movie. <laughs> I really don't. So are you telling me you're not going to see Black Panther on release night, February 16th? Oh, I absolutely want to see Black Panther. Well, then, if you're going to see Black Panther, you might as well see Infinity Wars. Yeah. No. Why not? Who's directing it? Who's directing... Oh, the Russo Brothers. Really? Yeah. Infinity War? Yeah. Yeah, the Russo Brothers. Okay, maybe I'll see it. Yeah. Uh, They're J- really good. They kicked Joss out. Yeah. And after two really good uh, Captain America films... Some might say the best. They were like, hey, Russo Brothers, you seem to be good at using a lot of heroes at the same time. And community paintball episodes... Why not you you why not write and direct these movies? I don't know if they're writing it. Why not you direct these movies? They're like, hey, let's get out a, a serviceable director and get in someone 
who basically made the best Avengers movie and just called it Captain America Civil War. Yeah, only this time there's going to be a lot of people in it, and there's going to be so many people that it's going to be two movies, and Josh Brolin doesn't look like he does in the other ones. So what? Wait, are there two movies? Yeah, okay, so they're Avengers... The Originally it was going to be... Avengers Infinity War Part 1 and Avengers Infinity War And then Infinity it's Avengers Infinity Tour An Unexpected Journey. But instead, the Russo brothers were like, we're going to rename the second one something else. So I don't know if it's still two movies or if it's going to be one movie. All I know is Thanos doesn't look like he should. I remember he looked like a big, gross, purple idiot. Now he's like a skinnier, less purple idiot. Great. Man, culture's dead. That was... That was earlier. Did you know they made another Purge movie? Great. It's coming out July 4th. Great. What is it, The Purge Independence Day? No, it's called The Purge The Island, which... Great. That seems like... Why would you... If there's an island... God, I just wish there were good movies, Henry. they're, They're making The Predator. I hope that's a Predator movie and not like a weird... There's a Barbie movie. Why? Oh, they're remaking Scarface? Henry. Henry. Stop this. Um, Henry, where did all the good movies go? Why is it only this now? Oh, they Why is it only this? September 21st. They somehow, for some reason, remade Robin Hood. Great. Why is it only this? What? Why is it only garbage? Why do we only get fed garbage? Oh my gosh. November 2nd, X-Men Dark Phoenix. Oh great, Dark Phoenix, whatever. Why is we, Why is it all bad? At what point did we decide as a society that every movie coming out basically had to be a Transformers movie? I don't know. I don't know why that happened. What happened? What happened? I, I'll tell you what happened. Why is there eventually going to be a movie that just has one side of literally a hundred CGI superheroes and another side of literally a hundred CGI supervillains and then they crash in the middle just like Lord of the Rings? Why is that going to happen? Why are we eventually building to a point where movies just become such intertextual garbage that it just becomes like a monster eating its own butt? Movies are a monster eating their own butt right now, and I hate it. Even Deadpool. Deadpool that I like is still a mess. I like Deadpool a lot. Still garbage. Hate it. Will it cheer you up if I reveal that at least the Dark Universe keeps failing to launch? Yes. We can take stock in the fact that multiple launches of the Dark Universe, like... For instance, Dracula Untold at the end scene where the guy who plays Tywin Lannister says, let the games begin and then nothing happens for the next like couple of years because that movie did so terribly. I am heartened by the fact. The Dark Universe does fill me with joy. It heartens me to know that you can't force something to happen in movies. I mean, look, you have Marvel that's succeeding to do that. Uh, you have, like... The new Star Wars situation that's happening. But DC is like barely hitting a passing grade on getting its shit off the ground. Yeah. And And it's because they haven't been great. Well, also because they don't know how to do it. Yeah. Seems like it's really hard to string a bunch of movies together. Marvel makes it look effortless. 
But, like, if the Dark Universe is any indication, it's near impossible. What I love about the Dark Universe as an idea is it is a... Just to let everyone know who's listening, since this is kind of out in the weeds, the Dark Universe is the... What is it? Universal Pictures? Universal Pictures. The Universal Pictures stable of monsters. You have your Wolfman, your Frankenstein, your Creature from the Black Lagoon, your Dracula. Did you say Mummy? And Mummy. Yeah, Mummy. The the five umvirate. Yeah, uh, basically all the guys from Monster Squad. Yeah, all the guys from Monster Squad. All these like very typical kind of uh, early horror movie monsters. That's the Dark Universe. And the idea going f- from the past has been that the Dark Universe exists within the same universe. And now they're trying to create a Dark Universe cinematic, cinematic universe. universe. A Dooku, if you will. Yeah, we, we didn't come up with that, though. <laughs> oh, did we not? No, sorry. Damn it. Who came up with Dooku? I don't know where it originated, but I've heard it from a YouTube group that we both watch, and they they like to tease it like mercilessly, and that's why I thought I would bring it up to cheer you up right now. Yeah, I'm I'm just very pleased that they haven't been able to force a cinematic universe just by virtue of the fact that the movies have been bad. Also, can every movie that comes out henceforth just have a person at the end in an after credit scene just surrounded by characters. Let the games begin. And then, like, if it sticks, cinematic universe. If it doesn't, <laughs> send it to the fucking incinerator. <laughs> like a just-in-case stinger or tag or whatever you want to call it where just a mysterious person walking away from a building, perhaps maybe in a suit, says, let the games begin. <laughs> and it's always Tywin Lannister. <laughs> yes, it's always that same actor. And, you know, if any games begin after that, then it's a sign. What he should what he should do is, oh, we should do this. Here's the thing. We start a production company. We film a very high-quality, like, great sequence of, like, a dark like, brutalist building uh, with just Charles Dance walking out of this brutalist structure and it's it's all blue and dark, right? And he's, he's walking towards the camera and then he reaches into his pocket. He pulls out a piece of paper and we don't have anything else. It's just, like, green, right? And then there's, there's a rack focus behind him to show the building in stark relief and the rack focus back and he says... Let the games begin. Yes. And what we could do is, as our production company, we could sell this to people. We could say, it doesn't matter what your movie is. Hit me with a movie and I'll tell you the, the treatment we do. Uh, let me hit you with a movie coming out soon. How about, how about that? <laughs> how about Ocean's 8? Okay, so Ocean's 8, already kind of a cinematic universe. But he's walking out of this dark, brutalist building, reaches into his suit pocket pulls out a piece of paper and it's got George Clooney's face on it. Rack focus to building. Rack focus. Let the games begin. Darkness. Crowd goes wild. You know, I jokingly offered... That's a great idea. And I jokingly offered Ocean's 8. And I I want to address... This is completely spontaneous. I want to address a problem I've been having with the film industry. And it's not just the rebooting of, like, series of all women... I don't care about that. Yeah, I love that. What I what what I do want is why do they have to be reboots? Why can't they be continuations? Is that what Ocean's Eight is? It's a reboot. Okay, so it's a reboot, but it's with, with ladies. It's a reboot with ladies. Like imagine 
Ocean's Eleven never happened. This is now Ocean's Eight being told for the first time with this all-woman crew. So which Ocean's Eleven show I pretend never happened? The original or the remake? Probably the super original. Okay, so pretend the super original never happened. And then by extension, the George Clooney remake never happened. Yes. And then the two remakes are being rebooted. The only way to kill... Culture's dead, man. The only way to kill the the all of the other vampires is to kill the, the source vampire. The Ocean's Eleven, the source vampire. But my, Let the games begin. My problem is, like, so Ghostbusters came out, the, the you know, the reboot with all women, and that's fine. But why couldn't they have been, like, you know... The original Ghostbusters, like they went out of business or something, or like, and these these Ghostbusters, these new girl girl Ghostbusters, are like, like bringing it back within the universe. Not that the old Ghostbusters never existed, but like they died off or they were like sh- shamed into no one believes in ghosts or whatever. And so then they're picking up the mantle, kind of like, kind of like Blue Beetle does in the comics. Ah, so you want a Blue Beetle remake with all women? No, I, I... Why do they have to be reboots? Why do they have to pretend that the source material doesn't exist? Why can't they build off the source material and just this time they're all women? I think we discovered the answer to that in our exploration of The Last Jedi. People hold source material to such high regard that if you do a reboot, if you do something that isn't agreeable, they can just see that as like a fun one-off. But if you commit to making the same universe in which uh, a staid, uh, well-loved franchise existed, then you could be like, oh, they're ruining it because they killed Bill Murray. Well, what? who I, just why, who, we could who have, cares? Too many people, Henry. We could have had a Buku. A, a Buster's universe. A Buku. Go, <laughs> Wait. We could have had a Ghostbusters cinematic universe, so Goobku. A Goobku, and we could have had an Uku, Oceans <laughs> yes. cinematic universe, but they're all reboots, so that you can't you can't have a cinematic reboot, I mean, cinematic universe with reboots in it. Oh man, can you, I can't wait till they reboot the Avengers universe. Uh, have you, have you looked into the... Uh, new Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Numku. The Numku? You know, I'm not really into Numku. I'm a, I'm an old Muku. <laughs> I mean, I'm an just... An Muku fan? I'm just looking forward to when the... Oh. The new Dark Universe Cinematic Universe comes out. You know, the new Dooku. And we can all just enjoy all these new Dooku movies. Uh, circling back to our original point, I want the uh, Let the Games Begin with the green screen thing to be our production slide. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so please. When, when, you, when you first watch the movie and it's going through all the production companies and then you see that clip, you know, oh, we're in for it. We're <laughs> in for the next installment of the whatever coup... Oh my gosh. Here's here's our production card, right? Yeah. It's just a smaller version of that. Walks out of the building, pulls it out of his jacket, and the the piece of paper is a video of him pulling out of his jacket, and he says, let the games begin. We're let the games begin studios or something. Yeah, perfect. Oh. Perfect. All right. We got to get back on track on the content we actually planned. Do you think, hold on, before we talk about the content we planned, Yeah. do you think that if we put enough of Let the Games Begin at the end of movies, we would eventually create a Let the Games Begin cinematic universe? Yes. A let the Games... Ligbaku! That's that's the goal of the production company, is to, is to 
through our sponsorship and, and oh shit and our, oh shit we Trojan horse the cinematic universe yes we made it our own yeah th- that's the goal the goal is like you know we give them whatever finances they need and we do whatever production companies do and then the the caveat is they have to include our clip at the end of their movie and then once eventually eventually the Trojans must emerge from the horse so at the end of throw a movie at me at the end of Mission Impossible 6. At the end of Mission Impossible 6 or 8. We don't know how far in the future this will be. At the end, uh, Charles Dance comes out of the building, pulls it from his coat, and then as he pulls it, he's shot in the back by an unknown figure. Charles Dance falls flat. Charles Dance is behind him with a gun and says, Now let the games truly begin. (laughs) And he's pulling something out of his coat with a gun. Yes. And then, and then you have to see the next movie to see the little uh, the next bit of that clip, and then before he gets shot, and then everyone's everyone's paying us millions of dollars because they know whoever gets that next piece of the Let the Games Begin cinematic universe will pull in millions of dollars, and then in Nomeo and Juliet four, <laughs> it will be the highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah, and culture is dead. Honestly, all we really want to do is ensure that Charles dances has a role for the rest of his life. Yeah, we just want to make sure that the dancing man. I mean, we we can hold film, on. We can film all of that within like a weekend, but then he's going to get royalties as we keep putting it into stuff. And every time he opens that check, he's like, "Ah, oh, let the games begin." <laughs> we film him doing that, and then that's just on our YouTube page. Yeah, perfect. That's the only video. <laughs> It has 15 billion views. All of them Charles Dance. Yes. Every comment by Charles Dance. One of them says, uh, my son Charles Dance uh, won a Golden Globe for his portrayal of Charles Dance. I would have still liked it even if he wasn't in it, but maybe not as much. Are you referencing something? I absolutely am. You didn't see that? No. Okay, scrap the content. We're talking about this. Uh, you know three bill three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, I love that movie. Uh, there is, I think, a news story or YouTube video uh, that has a comment on it that says uh, something like, "Really surprised? No, really glad for the Golden Globe win. My son Sam played Dixon in the movie, and I was very happy for him." I maybe would have liked it even if Sam wasn't in it, but not as much. Sam Rockwell's dad left a comment on an article about that movie. That's adorable. It's amazing. It's great. It's so pedestrian and cute. That's adorable. It's my favorite piece of news. Daddy Rockwell? Daddy Rockwell. I believe oh. his name is... Reach Rockwell. Can't say it. Don't know. I Probably other Sam. Other... <laughs> you know... Oh, please. Call me Sam. <laughs> Other Sam is my father. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be great? Here, hold, hear me out. Every time people have like sons or daughters, daughters very rarely get the second or junior treatment, and in fact, never, almost never. Uh, but except for queens, like I'm a second, I'm a third. What if instead of working forward, being second, third, it worked retroactively? So your father was. Other Henry, and your grandfather was other, other Henry. Well, I mean, in in perspective to you, from your perspective, I mean, they are other. Yeah, because you're not the third to you. You're the first. They're just other versions of yourself yeah, that are older. Reverse. Yeah. All right, speaking of Golden Globes, we got to move on. Uh, you you had one other piece of content. Did you want to hit on that? No, I'm good. All right, well, so... 
And other, speaking of Golden Globes and Sam Rockwell's dad, other Sam, uh, today they announced the nominations for the 90th annual awards. Ooh, the 90th? Man, I'm, I'm real excited. For the Oscars. I never said the name of the awards. <laughs> oh, I just thought it was the 90th awards. The 90th <laughs> annual Oscar awards. The nominations came out today. I'm really excited. I, think I really can... thought the Jaguars were going to end up in the 90th annual awards, but it seems like... You're it's talking be about the Pats and the Eagles. Yeah, that the Patriots and the Eagles are going to square off and who cares? I'm talking about things that matter. Go Eagles. I'm talking about I'm talking about actors patting themselves on the back. Yes, please go. <laughs> uh so I think we can talk about like the the top categories, the big categories, the standouts. The big cats, the Jaguars. The, we're going to talk about them Jaguars. Uh, so nominations for Best Picture, uh, it seems like there's more and more every year. And you know why that is? Why? There can only be one winner, and it's not going to be any of the people in this category. True. All right, so you want to hear the nominations? Okay, you so... You probably know them already. When I hear the nominations, I'll give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down for my opinion. Well, the only problem is the people on the podcast, the listeners, our dear listeners, won't be able to see your thumb. Don't worry, I'll figure it out. All right, so nominations for Best Picture... I think it's alphabetical order, so call me by your name. Thumb Sideways, haven't seen it. Alright, Darkest Hour. Thumb Sideways, haven't seen it. Uh, Dunkirk. Uh, Thumbs Up trailer was cool, didn't see it. Though I do like Christopher Nolan. Alright, now here's a fun one. Get Out. Thumbs Up, it was a good movie. I need to see it. Absolutely. But cool that it gets a nod. Very, very cool. A nod or maybe a win. Another cool nod. Ladybird. Oh, absolutely thumbs up. Haven't actually seen it yet. Uh, Greta Gerwig is one of my favorite people, and I'm so happy she's directing. And uh, Phantom Thread? Uh, thumbs up for Daniel Day-Lewis and P.T. Anderson. The Post? Don't know it. Thumbs sideways. The Shape of Water? Thumbs up. Because I saw it and I recognized its artistic merit, but I did not connect with it as much as I wanted to. And then, finally, three billboards outside Ebbing, comma, Missouri. Oh, through down. Thumbs down. You like Oh, thumbs down. Like that movie, movie, man. So, that's a really good list of movies, besides maybe Darkest Hour. Yeah, I don't know anything about Darkest Hour other than uh, Gary, Gary Oldman's Oldman. in a lot of makeup, and he goes... He looks like the penguin from Batman, whichever. Just all of them. <laughs> all of them. And, uh... It's... I don't know. Weirdly enough, not all of these, usually like Best Picture and Best Director, there's some correlations. Weirdly enough, uh, there's only a few correlations. They're all, they're all still mentioned, but it's it's weird. Like, What's Best Director looking like? Best Director is looking like uh, Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk. Sure. Jordan Peele for Get Out. Sure, definitely. Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird. Yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread, mm-hmm. which I can't say. And, of course, Guillermo del Toro for Shape of Water. Guillermo del Toro. My nose is stuffed up. I can't roll my L's. That's fine. Uh, yeah. No, that's a, that's a good list. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't know what I was trying to get at. Maybe <laughs> that you anticipated the director of Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri to be on that list. I was, I was anticipating that. Uh, you know why I'm anticipating it? Because uh, Three Billboards has been sweeping award season. He's not nominated for breast... Breast? 
He's not nominated for Best Director. Uh, I, I guess that's odd considering how often they've won. There's a, there's a current backlash against three billboards that I kind of understand, but is frustrating me. And I don't know if it's good podcast content. We'll discuss it maybe when we get closer to the Oscars, because these are just the nominations. We can let... Because usually around around the Oscars, all of these things start coming to light to be to try to justify who wins. Yeah. Like, a, a weird thing about these nominations, right before the voting period ended, five allegations came... Five women and their allegations came out against uh, James Franco. Mm. And you don't see his name anywhere on the nominations. I do wonder about that, though, because the Academy has been... I guess pretty good and pretty bad in the past about not changing their decisions based on uh, political atmosphere or political pressures. And like I said, good and bad reasons. Uh, very bad people have won Oscars when it was very publicly known that they were bad. Yeah, I think maybe they're starting to wake up a little bit. That would be cool. Because, uh, that, like, I have nothing against Denzel Washington, but he's nominated for Best Lead Actor. In what? In Roman J. Israel Esquire. A oh, movie, I heard that movie's very bad. A movie that, like, no one saw. I heard that movie is quite disappointing. And, and so it might be one of those things that, hey, maybe that guy, maybe that guy, maybe Denzel Washington kind of edged somebody else out because he doesn't have any scandals. Yeah. I don't know, though, because I would actually feel very weird I don't know, because I don't know how I feel about award shows, but I would feel I would feel weird if they were making ad hoc judgments based on someone's performance. I, it's... I don't know, because like if someone murdered somebody, I'm like, don't give him an Oscar. Or if someone was like a serial rapist, I'd be like, don't give him an Oscar. Uh, there are trends that the Academy, you, you can actually go back and, and see over time. Denzel Washington is one of the most nominated actors. He's a good actor. From the He's Academy. a great actor. He's a great actor. I, I, I don't mean to discredit his ability. I'm just saying the Academy does have a tendency mm-hmm. to nominate him, just like they have a tendency to nominate Meryl Streep. Yeah. Who do, who is a phenomenal actress, but not always does she earn the nomination. Cough, cough, into the woods. Oh, never saw it. No one did. Yeah. And I don't think she deserved the nomination for it. She didn't win it. But it's just like, they have a tendency to kind of pick and choose some of the same actors and actresses. Not that they don't always earn it, but sometimes you have to kind of question, is Denzel Washington or is Meryl Streep on the list just to put a fifth person there? Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at it historically, the Oscars is a, a tremendously predictable event. Yeah. Uh, so I like to go to Oscar parties. Me too. And uh, this is a bit of a secret, uh, but sometimes when I go to Oscar parties, what I like to do is hedge my bets. So whenever there's a sheet for the potential winners and losers, what I do is pick the ones that I want to win or I think deserve to win. And in categories that I'm either not sure of or I'm certain that the one that I pick is not going to win, I just pick Vegas odds. I just go to see statistically uh, what the Vegas odds are on individual ones winning and in almost every case, Vegas odds nail it. Well, yeah. In almost every case, they, they get it spot on. So it's relatively predictable what the outcomes will be. It's pretty predictable. Um, just 
to continue on with our ex- exploration of the nominees of Denzel Washington. Of Denzel Washington, you know, no real surprises in actor or actress. Daniel uh, Kaluuya was nominated for Get Out. Yeah, uh, so we got that. So that's pretty awesome. Um, Which also his performance at Get Out is great. Seriously, you need to see Get Out. It's on HBO now. I'm going to check it out as soon as I can get all my friends to get out of the watch it so we can feel weird and white. Oh, I've already seen it twice, and I feel weird and white enough for the both of us. Yeah. Uh, Francis McDormand, of course, nominated for Three Billboards. Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water, both lead actresses. That's going to be... A phenomenal battle. Like, it, if Oscar nomination... Like, if they had to fight to the death in, like, a, a, an all-out ring, that would be awesome to watch. Uh, so I love Three Billboards, and I had trouble connecting The Shape of Water. Those two performances are, like, peerless. It's gonna... It's, it's so good. It's gonna go to Meryl Streep for The Post, but it's great that they've got nods. <laughs> what is The Post? It's the story. Oh, yeah. The story like of the Huffington Post's boy. first woman, edi- woman yeah. editor. I'm just real sick of movies about newsrooms. At the time of the Pentagon Papers, which gives it historical significance, but we already did that movie is what no one's realizing. We already did that movie. It's called the Pentagon Papers. We already did it. Oh, but this is a reboot with an all-female cast. <laughs> oh, God, you're right. All right, no no real surprises in supporting actor. Uh, Willem Dafoe, I hope he gets it. He won't. For what? Uh, supporting actor for The Florida Project. Oh, I want to watch The Florida Project. I heard that's real good. Uh, two two actors from the same movie got nominated. Ooh. Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell. Oh, so, a fight. A fight. Um, supporting actors, again, no real surprises. I haven't heard of half of these things. Um, we just We talked about director... The Boss Baby got nominated for Animated Feature over Lego Batman. Oh, really? Yeah. What are the animated features? Uh, The Boss Baby. Who cares? The Breadwinner. Don't know. Coco. Yes, please. Ferdinand the Bull. No. Loving Vincent, which doesn't belong in the category. It's animated, though. It is animated, but, I mean, you've got... got Oh, man, that's... That's that's putting on, like... (laughs) Light gloves in that animated feature department. And, and one ca- and four categories, you've got kids' movies, and in one category, you've got, like, a little bit of a mystery after Vincent Van Gogh's death. Yeah. God, I hope Loving... Loving Vincent? Loving Vincent. I hope Loving Vincent wins. It's not Except going to. Coco absolutely needs to win. Coco... And deserves to win, and, dare I say, will win. Coco will win, but it's... I, I wish Loving Vincent was in, like... Animated for adults category. <laughs> animated for adults category. Loving Vincent. Devil Man Crybaby. Oh, God. That's not a movie. Um, all right. So here's the only other surprise on the entire list. Everything else is predictable. Uh, adapted screenplay. Logan. Oh. Okay. So here's here's my case for that. The Big Short won adapted screenplay because it took a textbook. It took a ton of balls to take a really uninteresting book uh, about a short crisis and turn it into a very entertaining, very elucidating uh, kind of semi-documentary biopic about one of the most interesting times in financial and human history. Also, The Big Short's just a great movie. Uh, But that's great. What Logan did was it took one of the worst graphic novels on Earth and turned it into one of the best comic book movies on earth. It it, it took 
comic book movies in general and and made them more of a human story. Yeah, I think I don't care what else is in that list. Logan needs to win. I mean, the Disaster Artist. This is like its one nod is in this category. Uh huh. And Aaron Sorkin apparently adapted something called Molly's Game. Okay. Everything out. Call me by your name. Yeah. I, I just don't know the source material. I know the source material for Logan was terrible and Logan was good. So they did a good job. Now, so so that's adapted screenplay. Original screenplay is actually a bit of a fight this year. Oh. Because in one corner you've got Get Out. Mm-hmm. In one corner you've got Lady Bird. Okay. In one corner you've got The Shape of Water. Okay. And another corner you've got three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. And in the center, the one who's going to get beaten up on is The Big Sick. <laughs> Poor Big Sick. Poor Big Sick. Uh, Big Sick recently saw it. It was a really good movie. I really loved it. It's, I loved it to death. It's gonna get. It's gonna be get it's, beaten to death. It's gonna get its throat ripped out. Poor Camille Nanjiani and Emily V. Gordon because they they're not walking home. They're gonna be dead. Whoa! Because it's a fight to the death. Yeah, they're gonna be put into a coma for a long time. Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah. The Big Six very good. Shame. Shame about that. Shame. Go see The Big Sick. One of the best romantic comedies with a question mark of our time. Man, that's like... That's like pitting like a small, like, bird against like a man made of shotguns. Yeah. And each shotgun is loaded. Yep. You know, as opposed to the man made of unloaded shotguns. Yeah. And then... Charles Dance takes his coat off, and he's made of shotguns. <laughs> and then he's like, and now the games. You th- he's like, you thought the games had begun, and now they begin. And he pulls one of the triggers of his body. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Everything else is sort of predictable, you know? Yeah. It was a, it was a very good year for movies. A great year for movies that weren't blockbusters, which is reflected here in all of these movies that aren't blockbusters in this uh, Oscar-nominated missions. I almost feel like The Last Jedi should be in there somewhere. Is it not at all in the special effects category? Uh, I think that's the one... No, it's actually in... uh, It appears in sound mixing, because it always does, and it appears in original score, because it always does. I mean, sure, whatever, let it win. Or not, they don't need it. Uh, Let me guess. Let me look for... There's supposed to be, like, visual effects or something... Um, where is... I can't... Visual effects. And it's there in visual effects. Yeah, sure. Put it, give it, whatever. It's in the sci-fi categories, which is, like, sound mixing, visual effects, and, like... The nerd categories. I believe they have a separate Oscars for that. Uh, the technical awards. The technical Oscars, actually. That that does happen. It's not televised, but... The Oscar has, like, little glasses on and, like, a little pocket protector. And, And buck teeth. Yeah. So who should win the Oscar, Henry? Uh, tonight? No, in the future, when the Oscars happen. When the 90th Awards take place. Um, March 4th. Yeah, but who should win? Uh, alright, who's, who's gonna sweep? Yes. You know who's gonna sweep? Who's gonna sweep? You know who's gonna sweep? Who's gonna sweep? Lady Bird. Lady Bird? I don't know, though. If you look at the way that award season is going, Lady Bird... That was Golden Globes. Yeah. And the Oscars, more so than the Golden Globes... The Oscars are about, let's make a statement to make last year not look as bad as it was. Notice we got woman director, we got 
a, a, an African American director. Notice we 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 we've, we're nominating them now, and so it's like, well, it's not you can't just nominate them; they actually have to win too. And and it's tough because sometimes things that have like huge sweeps don't end up winning at the Oscars. And I feel like I feel like Three Billboards is a great movie. It's it's gotten a lot of its due, and it deserves to win something. I would feel personally bad if Three Billboards swept. I don't think Be- it's going to sweep. I, I think, just I think we liked it too much. I just feel like there's a, there's a lot of like representation and amazing films in this. Yeah, and that they should win. The, I mean, all of these are pretty great lists. I love that Guillermo del Toro got a nod for best director. It's a shame he's not going to get it, but yeah. he, he did get the Golden Globes, which was great. Yeah, I, I think Shape of Water was a was a good movie. Very good. And more so than getting like winning at the Golden Globes, he actually fought the playoff music and won. So there you go. <laughs> I, I I love that. I love watching that. His speech, incredible. It was I mean really good. The uh you know, I've been working for twenty five years to get here. I get more than thirty <laughs> seconds. Yep. And then the music it doesn't cut out immediately, but it does fade. I like to imagine someone in the booth just like came up behind the music person and just like lowered the volume for him, and yeah. they're like, "No, no." And then he looks back. And it's, it's Charles Dance of a gun, and he's saying, "Now the games are quiet." Yes. Oh, perfect. Our cinematic universe has reached a level of like real world, real world virality that uh, can only be stopped. By the heat death of the universe. Yes, I, I feel like it's leaking into the real world now. And, you know, that's what creative types really want. They want their babies, their creative, like, movies or music to leak out into the real world and take a shape of their own. In this case, the shape is of Charles Dance in a suit, <laughs> walking out of a brutalistic modern building, taking something out of his pocket and saying, let the games begin. And in this case, the shape is of water. <laughs> so we should probably end this. One last thing before oh my God. we go. I yes. know. We're pack- We're jam-packing this episode with content. I want to do a follow-up to last week's segment about the Hawaii ballistic missile alert alarm. Yeah. It just came out today that the reason why the, the governor of Hawaii did not, could not, the reason he could not sort of quell everyone's fears and let everyone know that it was fake, was because he could not remember his Twitter password. <laughs> and that's just a little parting gift from me to you, leading us right into our social media, which includes Twitter. See, I connected it. You know who hasn't forgotten their Twitter password? Us, ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. Never forget a password. We will allay your fears should we ever send out the eventual ballistic missile alert. We actually did last week, but... <laughs> well, your fears are allayed. That was fake, because it was just a better podcast. Yeah, no one cares about that. If you want to send us an email with your concerns or the pictures of your family huddling in a sewer, you can send that to zerocreditsasapodcast at gmail.com. We promise to care. Uh, we stream video games on twitch.tv slash zerocredits. We did that recently. We played Mr. Shifty. It was a good time. We played Jet Set Radio. I think there's a video out there. Maybe. Also, there's on our YouTube. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you can see the VOD up to two weeks after yes. we're done. See the VOD two weeks after we're done. 
And uh, if you want to rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes, do that. Search Zero Credits Facebook on the Facebook Zero Credits Podcast on the Facebook search bar. That's where we're on with Facebook. And if you're giving a Facebook, friends and family first, tell your friends, tell your family about the podcast. It is the best way to let your friends know about the thing you care about. You, you hit it all. You did it all. Good yeah. job. I mean, I, good I, job. I just think that I've gotten pretty good at it. So, good job. Just one thing that I, I'd like to do real. Let the games begin. Yes.